It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. How do you stay the course? Well, you switch things up. Go to a zone and find yourself again. The Orlando Magic complete a 3-in-1 road trip after a 4-in-1 homestand, and boy, was this one impressive, if, if not a little frustrating. Let's dive into it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is December 22nd, 2022. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic stay the course, find themselves, and pull out a victory. We'll break down what the Magic did right to get this win and steal one from the Houston Rockets. And how exactly the zone defense woke the magic up. We're going to dive a little bit into the playbook there. Talk a little bit about some things on that end. Plus, go over the box score as we usually do after games. We'll get to that coming up here in just a minute. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us. Whether it's first thing in the morning. Whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team Every day. The Magic, frankly, looked dead in the water. Um, uh, Early in the third quarter, they were down 15 points. They they just were not getting any traction. Their defense was a mess. The the energy was fine. The intensity was not. Um, and, And for a team that said all the right things after Monday's loss to the Atlanta Hawks, um, and, and was just still generally grinding and you know trying to you know like I, I like I said they're trying to scratch out pars essentially. Um, generally grinding, they they just they just didn't have it. And you know I I hyped this game up against the Rockets like no doubt I I, I said right before tip off on on Orlando on at o Magic Daily on Twitter that this game is going to be incredibly fascinating because we're going to learn a lot about this team over the next forty eight minutes. How do you respond? to losing your win streak, to your first loss in two weeks, uh, against a team that doesn't have maybe the star power, the marquee power, uh, that would necessarily draw your attention, that would, you know, kind of kind of get you up. You have to find your own energy. Last game of a road trip, that trip home is on the horizon. This was a, this was a, a, a real gut check win. This was a real, this was a game that was going to tell you a lot about this team. Um, you know, it, 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 it really was. Um, and, and that doesn't necessarily feel like overblowing it a ton. The way the Magic came out was just frankly abysmal and frustrating. Um, you know, again, I, my concern, again, you just don't know with young teams until they actually do it. Your, the concern was always sliding back into that nine-game losing streak mentality, you know, where you're playing up and down to your opponents, where 
you're not bringing the same intensity and focus every game. And again, last game of a road trip, those are always, 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 always tricky. And for a good chunk of this game, it looked like the last game of a road trip. The Magic were a step slow defensively. They were not on the same page. They were struggling to defend the three-point line. Houston made some tough shots. you got to give them credit for that. Uh, and offensively, they were just kind of stuck in the mud. Really only Paolo Bancaro had things going early. But in the third quarter, the Orlando Magic switched to his own defense. We're going to detail a little bit more how that changed things. But it changed things. The Rockets couldn't figure it out. And suddenly, Orlando found the spark. They found their energy. They found uh, that that thing they needed to zoom ahead. to, To be the team that we thought they could be. They hounded Houston and very quickly erased a 15-point deficit going on a 17-2 run uh, uh, to, to, to tie the game late in the third quarter. And from there, we had a ball game. And from there, you could feel and see that confidence that this Magic team built over the last two weeks over that six-game win streak return to them. And suddenly, it did not matter what Houston was doing. Orlando was going to break it down, was going to break it apart. They were going to be first to every loose ball. They were going to be in the passing lanes. They were going to be getting deflections. They were going to be getting out in transition. They were going to be executing on both ends at a fairly high level. And yeah, Houston figured some things out. They figured out a way to break down the zone. The the bench unit wasn't as effective in the zone as the starters, but it was effective enough. And it was... Guys like Cole Anthony hitting big shots off the dribble, getting to the basket. It was Admiral Schofield again, hitting just just being being present at all times, hitting a couple big shots, getting drawing a few fouls, setting up the starters to finish this game. And for all the late game struggles that we talked about earlier in the season, for all the things that the Magic were really struggling with to figure out, the Magic have it figured out right now. They have the confidence to figure it out whether it's Franz Wagner hitting a huge three to give the Magic some more cushion, or Paolo Bancaro in the final moments of the game spinning past Eric Gordon and hitting a tough layup over Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, to, to, to essentially seal the game, or just putting Houston in that, in that mindset where they have to chase. Look, Houston is a young team like the Magic are, but the clear difference is Right now, Orlando is playing with so much confidence and poise that they're able to kind of stay level. They're able to kind of withstand these things and keep themselves in the game. And again, there's some danger that they're going to fall out of this game. But credit to them, credit to them, credit to the coaching staff, credit to everyone for put, for getting back to that level and, and staying in it. When the Magic made their run, when the Magic started to race ahead a little bit, Houston lost their composure. Houston looked like the baby team, looked like the young team. I'm not saying that to be offensive, but that, that, that's my observation, is they looked like a young team who suddenly looked unsure of themselves. And yes, the zone knocked them off rhythm. It did exactly what it was supposed to do, um, but but Houston started making silly turnovers. They started forcing, forcing things, and that's exactly what the Magic wanted them to do. It's hard to play uphill in this league. It can be done, obviously. Orlando came back from a 15-point deficit, but... You see this all the time where a team falls down by 10, they maybe cut the lead to 4, and it goes back out to 12. Like, you see this all the time. It is hard to climb uphill, and you've got to be able to get over the hump. Houston found themselves playing uphill at the end of the game, especially at the end of games. There could be a little bit of a panic to, to get back in the game because time is running out. It is, it is a real challenge. 
And the magic came through this challenge so successfully. The magic came through this challenge with flying colors. The magic just, you know, they dominated that second half. They did everything they had to do to win this game. And it was very, 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 very impressive what the Magic were able to do. I talked about it a little bit earlier, and that's, that's still the thing that comes back to me about this team and, and, and what's changed about this team. The Magic had essentially the same thing happen to them in their first meeting with the Rockets. Houston, Houston uncharacteristically made a lot of threes. They are one of the worst shooting teams in the league, believe it or not. Um, worse than the Magic, actually. Um, they uncharacteristically made a lot of threes, and Orlando was never able to reel them back in. Orlando was never able to find their defense, and they frankly just tried to outscore them, which this Magic team is not, this team is not capable of outscoring anybody. They need to make games ugly and dirty and gritty. They need to find, they need to, they need to find ways to do that. That is how they play. But, but the thing that's impressive about this Orlando team right now is how they just stay on that level. Um, they don't give up on games. They don't seem bothered to be down as much. Like, yeah, there might be some panic, and yeah, this game particularly, um, the Magic looked a bit out of it and a bit lost. But again, this is this is the point of growth. How many times would the Magic have been down by 15 in the third quarter and let that balloon let that lead balloon out to 25 instead of fighting back to get back in the game? How many times would the Magic have the Magic had the confidence? to fight their way back in the way that they have against now the Rockets and the Clippers a few weeks ago. That's where this team has grown. This team believes it can win. This team believes that if it does the right things, if they play well, they can beat anybody and they can honestly erase any deficit. And you don't want to be down by 15. Like the Magic have things to work on, things they have to improve on, things they have to be better at to get to the consistency they want. But sometimes you just, you don't have it. That's that's a fact of the NBA. Some nights you don't have it. And being able to win on nights you don't have it, you know, Monday night the Magic really didn't have it, defensively especially. Wednesday night they certainly didn't have it at all on either end. You got to find ways to win on nights you don't have it. This is a really professional win. This is a, this, I know the opponent isn't the sexiest opponent in the world, but this was a really impressive win for this young Magic team. And again, there's plenty to clean up, plenty to shore up, plenty to do. But this is a sign that the team is staying staying level. They're not swinging too high. They're not swinging too low. They're staying level. And they believe that they can win games. And that's going to help them a whole lot in the wrong run. As much as the Magic stayed level... It was, a co- it was a strategy change. It was a tactical change that changed this game. We're going to talk a little bit about the details of the Orlando Magic's zone defense that won them this game. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from the NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you don't, and if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you are wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. 
So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you are not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the NHTSA. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Make sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. The Orlando Magic, you know, first, Orlando Magic coach Jamal Mosley, we've talked a lot about him and some of the overarching philosophies that are guiding this season. Uh, we did that on podcast, I believe it was last week. Um, he's taken a lot of criticism uh, for a lot of reasons. Some of it fair, some of it unfair. Um, some of it is for substitution patterns, which, yeah, I agree. I thought I thought he waited to be too long to bring the starters in in this game, uh, as good as that bench group was playing. Um, some of it, is, some of it is based off of his willingness to experiment and let mistakes go, which again I would argue is part of the plan. They want players to kind of figure out how to get out of their mistakes. Some of it is his rotation decisions, um, particularly with how he's handled R.J. Hampton, which, yeah, I agree with with it to some extent, but also Kevon Harris and Admiral Schofield have been very, very good, um, especially during this stretch. Um, there is a lot that we can criticize Jamal Mosley for, but we have to give him and his coaching staff their flowers because their decision to go to a 2-3 zone probably won this game for the Orlando Magic. Uh the Magic defensively were dead in the water. They were not communicating. They were not defending well. They were just a step slow on everything. And Houston was able to take advantage of that, particularly from beyond the arc. So I was really impressed with how the Magic ran their 2-3 zone defense, which, which hasn't been that great this year. But the way they ran it on, on Wednesday was, was pretty different from the way they've run it throughout the course of the season. Uh, to my eye, at least... They essentially played something of a matchup two-three zone, like everybody was was matched up with a player. Um, but really, what this zone defense did was it simplified the Magic's help responsibilities. It simplified the communication. Um, my big my big complaint about Jamal Mosley has not been about anything tactical or X's and O's. It's been more about 
when players are struggling to kind of get these concepts, find ways to simplify it. Put some guardrails up. Trying to try and more carefully define things for players. Give them the freedom to, freedom still that I think this offense allows. But simplify, simplify, simplify. And, and to me, that's what this 2-3 zone did. Um, most of us who played basketball in middle school played a 2-3 zone of some type. Um, it's essentially... 2-3 zone is kind of, in the lower levels, the defense you play when you don't trust your players to play man-to-man. Um, it evolves a little bit more beyond that when you get to higher levels because you can do different things in 2-3 zones. Um, you can do different things with a bunch of different zone defenses. Just look at what Jim Mayheim does with Syracuse. Um, but really, what this defense did in this game was it simplified those communi- the, the communication, it simplified the help responsibilities, and... It brought the Magic's length into play. Houston was able to spread Orlando out and essentially eliminate the length advantage that this team has. So when you have players this long, when you have players this big, when Franz Wagner is essentially your shooting guard, you have the opportunity to really close down passing lanes and use a zone defense to make passing and getting into the interior very, very difficult. And so it's not silly for the Magic to try zone defenses and to try a zone like this. And look, you know, we've, we've talked about it. You know, imagine taking, you know, you know, you could take Bull Bull out, but I think I think Bull Bull was really, really effective in that in the zone. But imagine Jonathan Isaac on that wing instead of Mo Wagner. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different things this team can try. But at the end of the day, what made the zone effective was the players executing it well. Um, because you know, again, zones are zones. Um, it's 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 the, the responsibilities are pretty well laid out from the middle school level all the way to the pros. But it's about your communication and your ability to be effective guarding your area and knowing how to adjust and, and morph that zone to guard the perimeter. You don't want that overload. That overload. You don't want you know the ball getting middle. Um, there's there's just, and, and the NBA has its own quirks with the defensive three second viol- the, sec- three, the, the the three second defensive rule as well. When you go back and look at the tape, and I put some clips up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The big thing that was so successful about this zone defense was the communication. The way that Magic passed players between the zones. The way that the Magic scrambled and defended. The way that the Magic contested using that length to get out to the three-point shooters and just stymie the Houston Rockets. The Rockets do not have a natural point guard. Kevin Porter Jr. has been essentially their point guard. Jalen Green will bring the ball up. They're like the Magic were at the beginning of the season when they didn't have a natural point guard. And you know, again, this is something that maybe they want to develop and grow and learn for these players, but they're very clearly not there. And so Houston, just from the very start, just looked a little disorganized. They looked like they didn't quite know how to attack the zone. And it, especially because of the Magic's length, took them aback. And you could see that happen. You could see that happen in how they were settling for three-pointers. You could see that happen in how they drove and all of a sudden, Bull Bulls coming over from the middle to contest layups, to contest those shots at the rim. And, you know, like Tari Eason had a play where he went up, saw Mo Bamba coming at him, abandoned his shot and threw a pass back out to the perimeter, which Kevon Harris very easily intercepted. It, it, it's stuff like this that makes zone defenses really, really effective. The Magic, though, essentially play this way when they're playing well, though. Um, defensively, what Orlando was doing really, really well during the win streak was they were just they were locking down the paint. Uh, you know, a lot of teams do this as the kind of the Tom Thibodeau 2008 Celtics um, kind of remnant around the league is the strong side zone defense. Essentially, 
when a play, when you isolate a player on one side of the floor and you do a, like a three-man zone uh, on them. You have two guys kind of guarding pick and rolls and then a big guy uh, or, or, or some lo- or low-man helper uh, essentially guarding the paint and, and, and protecting. And then your other two players are guarding the weak side of the floor knowing that you'll have time to recover and scramble if a pass goes over your head or a pass goes to the, goes to the other side of the floor. That's, that's, that's you know, when, whenever you hear Tom Thibodeau yell, ice, ice, what, what it means to ice someone is send them to the corner. Send them away from the middle of the floor. Just kind of isolate them uh, on one side of the floor and limit their, op- limit their options. So that's, that's, what, that's what icing means. Um, a lot, the Magic do a lot of this. Um, they, try, they, try to, to, they try to ice, they, they try to down, um, but I, 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 think it's called, I think it's called down, um, where you're sending someone essentially to the corner, um, toward, toward the baseline. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, if I get my terminology right, I'm, I'm still I'm okay with NBA terminology, not perfect on it. Uh, so I apologize, but but you get the concept. The Magic do a really good job of this, and, and what they were re- doing a really good job of during the win streak was having Mo Wagner essentially be a free safety. Um, whenever whenever he was in drop coverage, especially, and drop is just when you're kind of laying back a little bit on screen rolls. You're not the, the the big man defending a pick and roll is not at the level of the screen. Um, he was doing a really good job holding a good line on that drop and contesting shots with Bull Bull, especially. Bull Bull did a really good job of this during the win streak, being the low man, being in the paint early to protect the rim. This is just these are kind of basic man help principles, you know, principles. But they played really well within the zone. Like I said, the zone defense was about simplifying rotations and simplifying responsibilities. When you're in a zone defense, you're guarding an area, and you're and you got to stay near a player, obviously. But you're guarding an area, so putting Bull Bull in the middle, put Bull Bull as the low man at all times, and that's what the Magic ultimately want. So, the the best time, the best the best effective, most effective thing that Houston did to beat this zone defense was put Alpern Sangun at the free throw line. Best way to beat any zone defense is to get the ball in the middle of the court free throw at the free throw line, especially because then the defense has to collapse around him. Or in this case, Bull Bull has to come up off the, out of the paint to guard him. So if you get Sangoon with the ball at the at the free throw line, you can make a quick hit. You can make a cut toward toward that middle of the lane. You can overload one side. You can get to a kick out three. There's a lot of options. And, and again, Houston's most effective offense. You, know, you can even beat Bull Bull off the dribble and get to the basket and and create something there. Houston's most effective offense against his own defense was getting Sangoon in the middle. And Sangoon made some good decisions. He made some bad decisions. At the end of the day, it's still about decision-making and, and, and making plays. But essentially what the zone defense did was it made Bull Bull the low man the entire time. He was at the rim, in the paint, at all times. So then it becomes about you know, knowing when to pass, when knowing when Markel Fultz passes to Paolo Bancaro, passes a man to Paolo Bancaro, abandons his man essentially to let Bancaro defend him. And you can trap a little bit off that. Um, it's knowing when Franz Wagner and Marco Fultz pass players between each other at the top of the key, knowing who to guard, you know, having Ben Carroll be able to step up and guard a three-point shooter, or Mo Wagner step up and guard a three-point shooter when teams try to overload that top of the zone. The Magic just were so effective at maintaining those lines, maintaining that communication, and always being in front of a Houston Rockets player. They, they rarely got beat. Um, you know, there's a Houston reporter out there who calculated that the Magic gave up nine points on eight uh, zone possessions in the first game. And this game, they gave up 20 points on 29 zone possessions. Like, 
That's insanely good. It, it doesn't sound that great, but 20... Yeah, essentially, essentially, the average offense in the NBA is averaging 110 points... Uh, uh, 1.1 points per what one points per possession. Um, 20 uh, over 29 is less than one point per possession. This defense was extremely effective, and, and the Magic were extremely good at it. And like I said, it changed the game because now all of a sudden, the Magic are using their length to defend and to defend passing lengths. They were able to get deflections. They were able to get steals. They were able to get out in transition, get easy baskets, and that sparked everything. That sparked the team's offense. That sparked Franz Wagner. That sparked that sparked Admiral Schofield. That sparked everybody to just kind of bring the energy level up. And so this this zone move was a genius move for the Orlando Magic. They executed they, they executed the zone defense better than I've seen them execute the zone defense all year. One of the most effective NBA zones that I've ever seen. And you know, look, I will be the first to say a better, more experienced, more organized team would have would have still won this game. The zone would not have been as effective against a better team. No offense to the Houston Rockets. They, they looked disorganized. They didn't look like they knew how to handle it. And the Magic just, this is what good teams do. You find an advantage, you put your thumb on that advantage. You just keep pressing and pushing it until, until it snaps and breaks. And that's exactly what the Magic did um, to win this game. We're going to go go over the box score real fast, talk about some individual performances, plus the block heard round Houston. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, Locked on Magic is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need help in life sometimes. Um, there's there's always down moments. There's always doubt. There's, there's, there's always everything going on. And it can be a lot to handle on your own. You know, I know that I have always that I have always relied on and needed someone to talk to. You know, whether beyond just a parent or a friend or family, I needed I need a different perspective, and I need someone to kind of help me navigate this thing called life. Look, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. And navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's career change, new relationship, becoming a parent, or, or really just anything in everyday life. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of a complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected more than 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere and 100% online. I've, I've done therapy through various times in my life. It has helped me so much to, to stay focused and, and, and to stay positive when things aren't going your way. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I, I don't know if you could tell Tell that, tell that um, for me, um, but it's better help. You know, therapy has helped me very much take a step back from my life and appreciate the things that are going well in it. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things are clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It really can't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, as we usually do after games, let's go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic defeat the Houston Rockets 116-110. to 110. Um, Easy to say, it's a tale of two halves. The Rockets score uh, 64 points in the first half, 46 in the second half. Orlando with 62 in the second half. So just, uh, again, the Magic were dead in the water in the first half. They were dead in the water early in the third quarter. The switch to the zone defense really sparked the energy. They saw something working. They saw something going, uh, and they went with it. And, and honestly, I got to start with the big play that really, I think, changed the momentum of the game. On an inbounds pass, the Rockets tried to get Jalen Green a three-pointer. Bull Bull just came over and erased it, sending it four rows deep with four-tenths of a second left on the shot clock. Um, this was, I think, the second or third possession the Magic were in the zone defense. Um, and this just... It got the crowd buzzing in Houston. Um, you know, again, they got they got to see a bull bull play, which is which is always a very very special thing. Um, but but it was just it was just a huge momentum play and a huge play. Bulls having a little bit of a struggle right now. Eight points, D for six shooting. His offense isn't coming as easily. Um, some of these matchups that the Magic are in are, are kind of tough. And you know, Orlando certainly has a big decision to make with Wendell Carter slated to come back Friday. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, if he just slots in for Mo Wagner and Bull Bull still starts, but um, but Bull Bull has struggled a little bit to get his offense going, and and he just runs very hot or cold. And right now he's kind of the swing guy, uh, the swing guy on um, uh, in the starting lineup. That if you know someone's having it better, he's the guy that kind of sits. But I will say this: as unimpressive as Bull Bull's stat line looks, he was huge in this game. His defense in the middle of that 2-3 zone defense is a big reason the Magic won this game. It's not going to show up in any stat sheet because he didn't block a ton of shots. He changed a few. He 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 you know made guys think twice. And again, that block on Jalen Green, I think, is a big re- big reason that, that he kind of established himself as don't come in my paint when I'm guard when I'm in the 2-3. Um he blocked another shot on a drive in that 2-3 zone too, uh when when the when a player was passed to him. Um, within the zone, within the zone scheme. Uh, he was just really, really solid. Honestly, this might be his best defensive game of the year, um, just just for that second half alone. So, uh, you know, I, I, Bull Bull still doing some really, really impressive things, and, and I think a lot to like there. Franz Wagner playing on a sprained ankle, 25 points, 9 for 15, shooting 4 for 8 from beyond the arc, 3 for 5 from the foul line. Franz took a little while to get going. He definitely looked a step slow. Um, you know, again, the whole team's energy was a step slow early in the game, but he especially looked a step slow. Um, just didn't look like he was all there. And then all of a sudden, it just clicked for him. He made a couple shots. He got out in transition, made a couple couple baskets at the rim. Second quarter, especially his cutting. Him and Cole Anthony were really connecting on cuts and and doing a good and doing a good job finding shots at the basket. And, you know, Franz just kind of very slowly builds um, builds up solid play. Like, he's just, it just, it takes, it, you know, it, it, it feels like he's not doing very much, and all of a sudden, he does a ton and does everything, and you just know that he's going to get to his numbers, and he's going to find a way to contribute in a positive way. So, a really nice game from Franz Wagner. Overall, just did a lot of really, really good things. Paolo Bancaro, 23 points, 9 for 20 shooting, 13 rebounds for him. He did have five turnovers. Um, early on in this game, it looked like Paolo was the only one that's going to be there. Um, he had 14 points in the first quarter. Really a big reason the Magic stayed in this game. Just just keeping the Magic in this game with some offense. Uh I you know, I, I agree with fans who think that who who I agree with fans on this. 
Paolo probably sat a little too long in that second quarter. Um, I think Mosley has a predetermined script for his rotations in the first half and then makes adjustments based on the game in the second half. That's something I actually do applaud him on. But this was a game where the Magic needed more Paolo and needed to keep Paolo in rhythm. He never really found his rhythm after that first quarter. He finishes 9 for 20. Five turnovers. Some of them were kind of lazy. He kind of fell into that morass that the Magic were in um, throughout throughout the whole game or throughout the whole first half. Um, but again, he was really focused on the boards. He was real determined to get rebounds. Um, that that is a good sign when he's really super engaged on the on the glass. It's a really good sign. Again, thirteen rebounds, all of them defensive rebounds. He was hunting them. He was going out and getting them, going out of his area to get them. Just did a really good job on the glass. And honestly, again, defensively he was really good. Defensively he he was solid in you know guarding his man, defending his zone making it hard for, you know, closing out, making it hard for people to score in his area. Again, the zone defense worked because of Bol Bol and Paolo Bancaro, two, you know, frankly, inconsistent defenders for the Magic right now, but they both played exceptionally well uh, it, it, within their zone scheme. Got to give a shout out to Marco Fultz as well. 11 points, 4 for 10 shooting. Only 3 for 7 from the foul line. Magic missed a lot of free throws. 23 for 33 from the foul line. That's, that's that, that, again, that's a sign that the Magic just were not kind of into it. Um, only three assists for Markel, but Markel, you know, we're seeing this time and time again. Markel just has a knack for making big plays. He always appears at the right moment, at the right time, late in games, to, to, to make a big play. Um, he had, uh, you know, there's a play where, uh, I forget, I think it was Paolo missed a shot or had the ball knocked away from him and went right to Markel Fultz under the basket for a layup, gave the Magic, I think it was a four or five point lead at the time, really extended lead out to two possessions. Then the next possession, Markel get you know gets the ball, goes in goes into his guy, draws a foul, hits an and one, um, just just big 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 shots. And so you know again, you don't always see Markel's impact on the stat sheet. He was actually a team worst minus eleven. And honestly, I would say for most of this game, Markel wasn't as engaged or as focused as he needed to be. But when that focus sharpens, he's able to p- pick up the pace and play much faster, get the team moving faster. A lot. This team gets a lot of its heartbeat from Markel Fultz, and and in the second half, fourth quarter especially, he was playing at his highest level at the pace and control that he needs to play at. First half, not so much, and again, that 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 explains a lot about where this Magic team was at. Off the bench, a couple guys that need that need mentioning: Cole Anthony, fifteen points, five for thirteen shooting, three for eight from beyond the arc, six assists. Second half, especially, he really got the ball moving, was doing well to find others. Second half, he found his shot, and 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 again, Cole. I know Cole says and says and rightly says that he believes he's a starter in this league, but he has really done a well, good job embracing this bench role and being the leading scorer off the bench. Um, he was really, really solid in this game. We trust him taking and making those shots. Uh, and and again, the impacts there, team high plus 15 for whatever that's worth, um, did did a lot of really, really good things for this team. And, and again, just just found ways to score when this team needed scoring and found ways to get others scoring when they when they needed to. It was just a, sol- a really solid game for Cole Anthony. Also got to give a special shout-out to Admiral Schofield. Seven points, two for four shooting. Oh, missed both of his three-pointers. Three for three from the foul line. Sko came up with two big offensive rebounds. The dude's just fighting and scrapping. I think Paolo Bancaro said after the game, Admiral Schofield find, finds ways to make plays, finds ways to score when we're stuck in the mud. Um, when we're dirty and, and and grimy, he's he's the one that's that's finding that that's kind of reveling in it and finding ways to make things happen. 
both two-way guys, Admiral Schofield and Kevon Harris, have played really, really well. Um, you know, as much as everyone wants RJ Hampton to play, and honestly, Caleb Houston hasn't played very much lately either. As much as those guys have earned opportunities to play, Schofield and Harris have played really, really well. And and I think I, I do think we need to take a step back and acknowledge that, especially Sko the last three games now, has come up with some big plays in the fourth quarter. This is how the Magic want to use their two-way contracts. These guys both look like roster players right now, to be perfectly honest. And, and I have no qualms about playing either at the moment. Orlando ends the game shooting 45.1% from the floor, 41 for 91. 11 for 37 from beyond the arc. They just they couldn't hit shots, and that was a big thing throughout the game. They missed a lot of open shots early. That kind of brought that kind of brought the energy down a little bit too. Um, you know, again, the first half, the magic the magic's offense drained their defensive energy. Um, in the second half, their defense fed the offensive energy. And and that's how it's gotta be. The magic defense has to feed the magic's offense. You know, eleven for thirty-seven uh from beyond the arc in the for the game, they're five for twenty at halftime, and in the second half they were six for seventeen, which is not great, but better. Um, so again, a lot of lot of things that the Magic have to do better. Obviously, twenty three for thirty three from the foul line. They had only eleven turnovers, but for seventeen points, so those became killer. But the Magic reduced their turnovers in the second half. That allowed them to get back in the game. Houston led in scoring by Kevin Porter Jr. with thirty one points, made five three pointers. Jalen Green twenty one points, four three pointers for him. Opram Sangun, 13 points, 12 rebounds for him. Kenyon Martin Jr., 18 points off the bench. Very energetic game for him. Houston shoots 46.6% from the floor, 17 for 43 from beyond the arc. They have 17 turnovers for 21 Orlando points. Big reason why Orlando was able to win the game. They're able to force turnovers, a lot of them in the fourth quarter, actually. Fourth quarter only, Houston had eight turnovers for 13 points. Eight turnovers for 13 points. Again, that zone defense really, really, really bothered Houston on so many levels. The Orlando Magic defeat the Houston Rockets 116 to 110. Road trip's over, 3 and 1 road trip. That's that's really incredible. Um you know again, if you would have told me the Magic would have had a 3 and 1 road trip at the beginning of this road trip, I would have said sign me up, I'll take it. Um they will take on the San Antonio Spurs in their final game before Christmas on Friday as they begin a little little time at home here for the holidays coming up. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in. Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can always follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.